I'll tell you what, it was this because it was like a, a missed opportunity. And again, no, I'm only saying this, I'm only saying this, blah, 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 blah. whenever, if you want to post it immediately after this or or do it you know, whenever it's convenient. But I am kicking myself that the end of American Werewolf, we didn't end it with bam, bada, bam, 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 bam. But again, so this is one of the reasons I really wanted to do this. And I thought the little things that I wanted to say about American Werewolf, which then I instantly thought of and kicked myself once it was posted, I thought, well, it could be like the beginning of the gross point blank, you know, just sort of like as a sort of like a, an overlap and just, but then, Werewolf by Night was released by Marvel. And I was like, oh, well, okay, that's something else that fits pretty perfectly with this topic. And then on top of that, because since writing the thing and discussing with you the whole Werewolf sequels and all of that, and obviously thinking a lot about American Werewolf, I then sort of started thinking about all these Werewolf films that I've never seen. Um, and so just the last three days, I've watched three Werewolf films. Um, with, which, I, which I would like to mention as well. So then I thought, well, it might, it could be like a little wolfy bubble, a little hairy bubble, uh, which we can, which we can go for. Uh, so, so again, I'm very excited to be doing this, Chip. Very nice. Okay, well, I am now, I'm, as I said to you before, I'm in the listener's seat here because it, 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 by way of ridiculous prep for this, I Googled, you know, the top werewolf films I should have watched you know in the in the top 25 I think it was in Rotten Tomatoes I'd seen three of them so I am <laughs> the least qualified I've ever been for a shoulders of dry conversation which makes me very excited it so, makes me um, happy I, my calls are very much uh un they're retracted is that the right way around <laughs> and my pen is in hand I'm going to be writing down the names of all these wonderful shows and movies you tell me about and I shall um post well that's nice yeah. Well, well, let's say an, a quick greeting, I guess, to the listener. <laughs> um, do you want to, shall I, did I, I mean, I'm the one who instigated this, so I can say, hello, welcome to Hairy Shoulders, which no. I guess is <laughs> uh, what this is. Uh, this is Jimmy. <laughs> yes, it is, Jimmy. Hairy Shoulders is wonderful. I'm very happy. And uh, the man who greeted you was Sheppy. It's where you Hello. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one hair on one shoulder, and I think that's about as manly as I get. But I, I, I have been growing the beard, so, so that's all right. Good man. Well, well, Jimmy, so yes, so about werewolf films, Let, shall we just start off straight away then? Because, yeah, there are hundreds and hundreds of werewolf films out there, and I hadn't seen that many, quite frankly, either. Um, we'll get to them, because I've got a little list as well, ones that I can throw at you. So maybe, I'll tell you what, so, so we don't overlap since time is precious and so forth. We can get to the ones you've seen. Maybe they'll be part of the list that I'd have of other ones. And so when we get to them, and then if I've missed anything out, then you can shout. Um, in terms of werewolf films in general, and that particular mythology, just as a little starting off point, have you, do you like the idea of werewolf things, oh, Jimmy? Have you seen, you know, as a child, was it a concept that you dug? Yeah, I mean, it was, Sheppy, but not like, not to the point where I have jumped off. I mean, every time I see one, I like it. You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever seen a duffer for me. Nice. Including Team Wolf 2, I'm going to put out there. Wow. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. that, as you will. Um, but yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm in. 
on the wolf absolutely nice. yeah and and in on the wolf in movie and tv as well so you know buffy yes. etc well, exactly and yes yeah yes there's, there's been a, a lot i mean yes there have been a lot of wolfy iterations out there um and so if we don't touch or if we only touch very briefly on certain things that infuriate anyone listening uh, then yes indeed there are there are a lot of goodies out there good and bad and snarlies so we'll, we'll, we'll be skimming the mere surface i dare say of all of this um i guess i could ask you i mean in terms of the universal classic horror films from the 30s and 40s the, the three biggies would be frankenstein dracula and the wolfman is what I'm saying. It's a bit like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Uh, so, with that in mind, um, did you see any of the classics, not just werewolfies, but any of those old, very old classic Universal horrors? I think I'm. I think I have seen the Dracula one, but I haven't seen the Wolfman, Sheppy. Mm-hmm. I take it you've seen all three. Um. I yeah. No, you know what? Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I have seen the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Something tells me I have. I don't know for certain. I don't know if I can be held to that. But I've certainly seen Frankenstein and I've certainly seen The Wolfman. Um, and The Wolfman is 1941. And it's, it's fine. You know, it, it's, it is, you know, I mean, the Frankenstein with Karloff is absolutely wonderful. And The Bride of Frankenstein is, is really proper good. Wolfman is a bit all over the place. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. And I guess I should mention that I, I and I probably mentioned this previously, but I always like the the concept of the Wolfman or of werewolves, um, and I'm sure that ties in with my you know love of Hulk. It, it's it's a very very similar you know idea. You lose control, you go nuts, you wake up naked under a bridge with like you know, a ripped sock, um, and and so I don't know. But even as a very young child even without seeing these things, and even whilst being scared by the Hulk, for example, when I was very little, the concept was still fascinating for me. And there's a, you can easily see like, oh, well, the wish fulfillment, the escapism, the idea of just like being able to lose all control and just tear shit up, that is on one level appealing. But as a four-year-old, I don't know if that's the direction I was coming from, because what escapism was a happier four-year-old Sheppy looking for? think any but there is something about that idea which is undeniably appealing to me and always has been so i do have a special place in my heart for wolf face in general um in terms of the i want to say one thing about the original the 19 i say original in terms of the wolf man the 1941 because in terms of mythology like on uh, you know in terms of werewolves and so on that's been going on for, for ages and ages and uh, serial killers coming out on the full moon and killing people, people being affected by the full moon has been documented. You know, that's chemistry, that's, that's science shit. So there's that, which, which is interesting, but also just the idea of, of the wolf and also the practicalities. Like if you are going to hide in a bush and jump out and kill someone, it helps to have a little bit of light so you can see what you're doing. So there is a practical aspect of serial <laughs> killers like a thousand years ago, killing by full moon, but it has always been connected. And that's interesting as well, in terms of how humans and animals are affected undeniably by the full moon, which is interesting. Yeah, I love it. That's really cool. Yeah. 
What are we, 80% water, Sheppy? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, or some of us more than others. <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, we can yeah. pull into the oceans, then what it must be doing to us every 30 odd days. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 No, fascinating. One little thing I want to say, just as a quick tie into American Werewolf, in the original Wolfman film, Ralph Bellamy is in it, um, him being one of the Duke brothers from Trading Places. Yeah. So that's just worth a little shout out, I think. That's pretty special. Yeah, um, he plays in it. Do you remember who he plays in it? Does he get gored? Uh, he plays someone called the Colonel, um, but uh, Colonel Montford. But I don't remember well enough. I, I saw it. Not. I mean, I saw the, the 1941 version, like I don't know, a couple of years ago, and then like ten years before that. So it wasn't that long ago. But I, you know, it's I don't it is vaguely forgettable, you know, at the risk of sounding terrible. Um, so I don't remember him that much. Lon Chaney Jr. plays Larry Talbot, Lawrence Talbot, um, who, um, and that's the idea of him, like, it's an English setting for the Wolfman, but he's American, but it's explained that he's been away and he's come back. But what always made me laugh, his dad, Sir John Talbot, is played by Claude Rains, who, so, and it's always funny that Ron Cheney Jr. is this very kind of, you know, well, it's like they meet for the first time in years and the father is this very austere, like, hello, Lawrence. And he's like, hiya, pop. And that's always made me laugh, <laughs> just, um, just in general, um, which is worth a quick shout out. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning as well. It's a fine film, it's, it's The 41 Wolfman. The remake, which was, I think, 2010, um, the Joe Johnson, and he came on and replaced the guy who did One Hour Photo. It was a very troubled production. I'm just going to ask them, as a spoiler, did you see the 2010 Benicio de Toro, Anthony Hopkins, Emily Blunt, Hugo no, Weaving? No, no, I didn't. It was very, very troubled um, and universally hated. But I'm going to say it easily could have been in my list of you know when we were doing the raw shoulders giants to be buried with films that everyone hates that i don't that remake it's certainly flawed it's a three star but i really like it uh it's, it's my second favorite wolf film as you know i would say not counting team so third favorite i guess but in terms of classic horror werewolf american werewolf is my favorite and then i think it's the 2010 it's it's good, man. I like it. Uh, Rick Baker, who did, of course, the, the American Werewolf um, design makeup and all of that, he did the, the makeup and so on for the Wolfman remake. And the makeup on, on, you know, for the Wolf is really good. Unfortunately, classic studio interference, there's a lot of heavy CGI which is really bad in that film as well. And Rick Baker is furious and he's taken away from the makers and all of that sort of studio tomfoolery. But it's worth a shout out to Rick Baker and all of that. Um, and it is, it's really good. I do recommend it actually. I, I'd be and, game, yeah, it is I, the I like Benicio. I think he'd be a good, mm. good wolf man. Yeah. I think it was a bit of a passion project for him actually. He really tried hard to get it made. And it's seen absolutely as a huge failure. But actually, you know, I say again, it's it's good. I like it. So there. Yeah, it's, um, so that's nice. So just in terms, quick drive-by, in terms of werewolf films, there's The Wolfman, 
both versions and various other versions. There's also, of course, he's mentioned, he's, he's shown prominently in Monster Squad. You remember the Monster Squad? Of course, yeah, nice. So that's that's great. Um, and his, you know, obviously that's a whole big mashup, but the werewolf character in that is used like, for example, the Hulk in the Avengers, in the first Avengers. He's not in it that much, but when he's in it, it counts, and which perhaps is a good use for this character. Um, and so I remember him being very, very, that's the other nice thing about the Monster Squad is it is like Lost Boys and American Werewolf. And it is mainly comedy, but the horror bits are actually, you know, they, they pay proper homage. So the wolf is scary. He does fuck you up. And it does go into the tragic, inherent tragic character of the wolf man that has been through most iterations, I think, over the decades. So, so that's nice. There's also um, the Neil Marshall. I think his first film was Dog Soldiers, which okay. I think is like, I don't know, early 2000s. And I saw it at the cinema and I haven't seen it since, but that is worth a mention. I remember liking it. It might be a bit all over the place, but Dog Soldiers is worth a shout out. Yeah, I think I saw it too, Shepard, but I can't remember anything about it now. I can't remember yeah. the scene of it. Jeez. Need to get into that. It, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, I'm going to say 2001 is my guess. Uh, maybe, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, might, I might need a rewatch. Uh, another one I wanted to mention quickly was The Company of Wolves, um, which is, again, we saw actually like maybe a year ago, and that's great. Really, really great. Um, that holds up. One. I saw that when Who's I was too young. One? Pardon? Who's in that one, Sheppy? Who's the main character? Who well, it's Angela Lansbury and um, and David Warner, and Terence Stamp pops up as um, as the devil essentially, and it goes deep um, goes deep, deep, deep into fairy tale mode, and it's all an analogy for womanhood and coming of age. Uh, it's eighties. Neil Jordan uh, wrote and directed it. I think it might be based on the book. Uh, Angela Lansbury, oh, I think. Okay. It's, it's very good. Uh, it's proper classy. Um, very, very good. And indeed, some sensational wolf effects. But it's pure, um, pure, pure, pure fairy tale analogy. Uh, yeah, but the yeah, Company of Wolves is, is outstanding. Yes. Cool. Uh, and then, of course, there's Wolf, the Mike. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the Mike, he, he likes it. He the Mike Nichols film time. from the early 90s, which we, of course, saw together at the cinema, Jimmy. Yes, and that's the last time I did. Do you have any memories about that? Just um, just Jack peeing on James Spader. I think that's what happens, is it? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, he pees on, Jack's, uh, on James Spader. Then who hasn't? <laughs> Um, yeah, that, I like that film too. It's all over the place, but um, I like I like it. It's got uh, David Schwimmer, pre-Friends, um, as with one line, so that's solid. Um, yeah, a lot of people hate that film, but I've got time for it. What I like the most about Wolf is just the fact that it ticks another box for Jack in that he's Jack, so he's played the devil, and he's played the Joker, and he's played a werewolf. I mean, what more do you want from life? It's, it's perfect. If they had made an X-Men film like around the Shining era, 
he could have been a good Wolverine before he started to fill out a little bit when he was still sort of with that 70s leaner Jack. Even though, of course, Wolverine in the comics is actually bulky as fuck and kind of a square. Literally, his shape is a square. But still, Jack, when he's full on Jack Torrance, could have been a good Wolverine. So that's 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 that. Um, then, of course, there's Teen Wolf and the Teen Wolf 2 and the TV show of Teen Wolf, and that's not a huge thing. We talked a lot about Teen Wolf, so I don't think we need to go too much into that, but I love Teen Wolf. I think you like Teen Wolf. Oh, yes, uh, and it was such a lovely revisit. Yeah, yeah, man, brilliant. Um, And you mentioned Buffy, and of course Oz is a werewolf, and they went a bit into, in season four, I believe, they went into his werewolfiness, and I believe there was a plan for season four to go really deep into the Oz character and the werewolf situation. And there was a female werewolf and all of this, but Seth Green's career really exploded and he sort of left the show and became like, you know, he came back for like guest appearances, but so they had to very much shorten that storyline, but that was something and that's a good werewolf. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the last one, little just from this little list, is um, you know Penny Dreadful, Jimmy. Have you heard of that? You have to remind me. Uh, it's a Sam Mendes uh, show, which okay. he produced with uh, John Logan, and John Logan's the showrunner. It's basically like the comic of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and it takes like loads of different uh, characters from uh, from IP, like horror IP and brings them together. So it has Nina Harker um, from Dracula, from the novel of Dracula and so forth. And it has um, it has a whole lot of different, different people all coming together in yeah. like Victorian yeah. London yeah. with high drinks. And, um, oh, the guy, Josh Thingy, Hartnett, Josh Hartnett, um, he's in it. And he's this sort of American explorer type dude, kind of action guy. Um, but there's a twist coming up here. So spoiler for Penny Dreadful, but at a certain point, you find out his real name is Lawrence Talbot, and he is the, the Lawrence Talbot from The Wolfman, and he becomes a werewolf. And mm-hmm. it's uh, and that's nice. So so I like that as well. Uh, so those are all the little ones I wanted to mention. Honorable mentions. Uh, now I haven't seen some of these, but there's Ginger Snaps, which is a female werewolf film from I think the late 90s there's uh, I mean Red Riding Hood mythology of course that's like a big wolf and it's not necessarily a werewolf but it's worth mentioning and they made a Red Riding Hood uh, film with Amanda Siegfried and Gary Oldman like 10 years ago or something which I have not seen but that's got strong werewolf stuff in it there's of course Harry Potter with Professor Lupin clever stuff uh, and and there's Twilight and there's Underworld and lots of other things and these have been sort of this century's werewolf stuff I would say yeah uh, so very nice uh, so if if that's all fine for you that's okay I want to give you a chance to jump in but mm. I know no I'm happy that stuff like you can put a pin there Sheppy I've not seen a single Twilight movie I have to say but uh, no. I'm aware of it obviously you're a werewolf of it. No, I haven't seen Twilight either, and that's fair enough. It's not really for us, but nonetheless, it exists, so that's lovely. Um, now, there's also a film uh, called Werewolf of London, actually, 
which um, apparently is the oldest surviving Wolfman film from 1935, a, a cool six years before the classic Werewolf Man. And um, so that's nice. And also a shout out to Frankenstein Meets the Wolf Man, 1943, which is perhaps the first cinematic crossover ever. I might be totally wrong, but maybe also the first ever monster mash, predating all the others up to and including and surpassing the Monster Squad, where you've got, you know, the meeting. You've got uh, also from 1948, so still in that era, you've got Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein which has them meeting the universal creatures, also Dracula and Wolfman in, in, in 48. Best of all, in that Abbott and Costello film, uh, Dracula's played by Lugosi and Talbot's played by Long Trainee Jr. So it really is a proper, and you know, Lugosi took it all very seriously, quite right, at least so. And he said, I'm not gonna do it if you're making fun of it, but, he plays Dracula again, straight. He plays it as Dracula, so it is a real Lost Boys Monster Squad. You know, it's <laughs> it, it works. Um, it's a genius. By the way, Karloff told them to fuck off, so he's not in it. But the other two are pure in it, so that's that's great. Um, now, after, like I mentioned, after we did um, the American Werewolf podcast, and I had a, a taste, if you will, Jimmy, a taste for a bit of wolf action. So um, I tracked down and I watched a couple of um, werewolf, three werewolf films actually, which um, I'd like to mention for a second. Now the first one I see I've never watched, but it's The Howling um, from, from 1981. Now I did watch this in, like in the early nineties and I didn't like it, um, but I hadn't seen it since. So I watched that like about three or four days ago. I, I know you said you haven't seen any, but I just want to give you a chance in case you've forgotten. Yeah, I don't think I have Howling. seen it. I have. I, I recall the name, and when you talk about it, I may remember, but I, I don't right. think I've seen it yet. So it's 1981. It's Joe Dante, pre-Gremlins. In fact, he got Gremlins off the back of this, um, and it, he had made Piranha. And it's 1981, so it's the same year as American Werewolf. Uh, and also, Rick Baker did the original design um, for this. He had told um, Landis in the 70s of this way, this process of making the transformation of a man into werewolf where you have the snout elongating out of the face. And that was pure cutting edge, amazing stuff. So Landis was very excited about this, but then Rick Baker went and started working on the howling and he told Landis, and Landis said, you, you haven't shown them the snouty location, have you? He said, yeah. And Landis was apparently apocalyptically furious and, and everything. But then when production started proper, um, Baker did jump over to American Werewolf, of course, but the you know, he had set it all up. And then one of his uh, apprentices, uh, Rob Bottom, took over uh, the howling and did more things. So it's got the Baker snout elongation, but it's also got this sort of bubbly face, um, which is very good. Transformation seems different. Also, the werewolves in the howling stand up on their hind legs, um, like happens in a lot of werewolf films, whereas, of course, werewolf in London, it's like proper dog wolf on all fours. But that's interesting. Um, and it's, it, it's good. Um, it is good. It's Dante, of course, so it's funny and it's very knowing and it's very referential and reverential 
to previous horror films with lots of, you know, in-jokes and, you know, references and things like that. So it's good. It's got Dee Wallace, Patrick McNee, who I'm a huge fan of, because, of course, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of John Steed and also View to a Kill and so on. So Patrick McNee in it. And also, because it's Joe Dante, it's got all of his regular cast members who pop up in most of his things, including, for the first time, working with Dante, Robert Picardo, very different to anything else I've ever seen him in, um, and playing a total psycho and very creepy and very good. Um, so that's nice. So, so shout out to The Howling. I liked it. Uh, very nice. Um, also, this last Friday, uh, we saw The Curse of the Wolfman. Now, this is 1961. It's the first wolf film ever filmed in colour. It's also with Oliver Reed as the Wolfman in his first starring role. And also it's directed by Terence Fisher, who's a huge name in Hammer Horror. Uh, big director, very influential, uh, very good stuff. Uh, so we watched this film. It's based on a book called A Werewolf in Paris, interestingly enough. And it stars um, Anthony Dawson as a massive cunt. Now this is uh, the guy who played one year, two years later, I'm gonna say one year later, he played Professor Dent in Dr. No, um, who gets shot up by Connery. Uh, so that's nice. He also, the year after that, was in From Russia with Love as Blofeld, stroking the cat, couldn't see his face. So, but there you go. It's a good old Anthony Dawson, that he's in it. And also, couldn't believe my eyes, Desmond Llewellyn, uncredited as a, some sort of valet servant man. I'm like, look at him. So, so that's exciting. I liked that. So a bit of double bond. Um, and I do like Oliver Reed because he's a psycho. Intr uh, and also I, I found out, so it's originally based on this novel, The Werewolf of Paris, which is a 1933 novel. Um, but Hammer um, wanted to make this film, but they already had sets left over from the previous film of a Spanish village. So they just said it's in Spain. <laughs> so like, why not? But honestly, it could be in England in terms of the characters. They've all got, I mean, for one thing, one of the villagers is Alf Garnet. So, you know, he's there. You've got working class peasants and you've got upper class, you know, people in the castle, all with variations on the English accent. So again, they say they call each other Signor, but you know, with like a Cockney accent. So that's amazing. Um, I'll say this about this film, all over the place, it's 90 minutes, you don't see a werewolf until the last third, um, at most the last third. The first hour is a huge waste of time, it's meandering, it's unnecessary, you've got this whole build-up of all how it all came to be. You could have had the first, at least the first 45 minutes of The Curse of the Wolfman as like, you know, just a scroll at the beginning after the credits saying, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And now Oliver Reed is going to this town, pow, and then had a 90 minute thing. Cause, so I was very disappointed with that. It really took a very long time to get to it, but it does have one, well, it has Oliver Reed, which is brilliant. And the werewolf makeup is very good. Um, and also it has an interesting, which actually, you know, is not dissimilar, frankly, to our American Werewolf sequel in that the main werewolf doesn't become a werewolf because he's bitten, but through birth, um, he's, it's because of, you know, in this case, apparently originally the man who frankly rapes this woman who then gives birth to Oliver Reed, in the original script, he was meant to be a werewolf, but they didn't do it. So 
it's explained that she gives birth on the 25th of December and in mythology, apparently that's bad. And so he's a werewolf simply because he was born on Christmas. Um, so that, there you go. Interesting, but fine. Good. That Again. That out the title though, doesn't it? Because he's not really son of a wolf man. <laughs> no, he's not son of a wolf. It is the curse of the wolf man. Oh, curse but, of wolf man. sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's not, nothing to do with son. But yes, weird stuff. Not a great film. Again, the first hour, utterly waste of time. But never mind. Now, yesterday, we watched the 1985 film directed by Dan Atias called Silver Bullet, which was based on a novella by Stephen King. And Stephen King wrote the script, so it's peppered with King sort of characters and dialogue, which is appealing. Um, and Silver Bullet was possibly my favorite out of those three that I've mentioned. The Howling might technically be more classy, but I really enjoyed Silver Bullet, 1985. Gary Boosie, for God's sake. Everett McGill, so you got your big Ed from Twin Peaks, not to mention What's-His-Face, who betrays Felix Leiter in License to Kill. Good old Everett McGill, so he's there. And Corey Hayne. It's only a year before The Lost Boys, but he's, he looks 10 years younger than he does as Sam in The Lost Boys. It's astonishing, uh, but he's very good. And, uh, and it, it's present day, of course, meaning 19... Actually, it's set in 1976, and, but it's made in 85, and it, it's like that pure kind of small town in you know, America type situation. And what I liked very much about it is there's a nice whodunit aspect in that you're not actually sure who in the town the werewolf is. There's all these slew of killings, but you're not told for a while who it is. And I like that. Um, now, I was really hoping it wouldn't be the really massively obvious person. And I'm not even gonna say but I will say I was very happy that it was not the person who it really seems, you know, and they don't do anything like any sort of, oh, is it him or anything like that. They play it all totally straight, but it seems so obvious it's this one character and it's not. And that made me happy. Um, so I liked that. And it was, it was a good, fun film, actually. Uh, so that was a, a little extra thing about Silver Bullet. So nice. They're all on the bloody list for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, give Curse of a Werewolf a miss, I think you can probably... Oh, I was going to say, maybe mostly Curse, because I love a bit Oh, okay. Movie. Well, I've got... Well, fantastic, actually, in that case. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I don't want to... Yeah, fine. Please, um, do that. Um, now, that finally, 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 the last thing which just fit so perfectly was uh, Werewolf by Night has just been released by Marvel. This is a one-off 50-minute... Uh, it's based on a 1970s comic, uh, I believe. And also what's interesting about Werewolf by Night, it was directed by Michael Giacchino, uh, who is usually a composer, but in this case, he directed. Uh, and it's wonderful. I highly recommend it. Lovely, 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 lovely. I never read the comic, but um, so I don't know how accurate it was in terms of the general storyline and so on, but it was lovely. Um, it was filmed or at least it's presented in black and white, beautiful cinematography, black and white, obviously paying homage to the universal classics. So that's brilliant. But also, you know, it is a werewolf and he rips people open and stuff. 
So I think Marvel, it's like the, the psycho maneuver. If you film it in black and white, the, the red isn't as offensive. And, you know, it, so it tones it down. So that was like a sort of a, a nice practical reason as well. But also it's kind of scratchy a little bit, you know, which is obviously you know, they filmed it on beautiful digital and then sort of graded it to look like old film with little cigarette burns in the corner occasionally for real changes, which is lovely. Just a nice touch that I was digging. Um, and I will just say one thing about that. It was very good. I liked it. I hope they make more, honestly, with this character and all of that, because it was it was very enjoyable. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say um, there's a character from the Marvel comics called Man-Thing who has been referenced. He was referenced in Thor Ragnarok when they're on the planet with um, you know, all the fights and everything in the arenas. And you've got a great big kind of like stone face carved into the side of a building of Hulk and a few other sort of apparent champions in the gladiatorial ring. And Man-Thing is there as a kind of like a little Easter egg. Oh, look, there's Man-Thing in Thor Ragnarok. Well, he's in this and they call him Ted and he's brilliant. And he's kind of, he's this huge dude. He's like the Marvel version of Swamp Thing. So he's just this massive, massive, weird, fungally green thing made out of moss and stuff. So good old Man-Thing. So I liked that as well. Uh, so Werewolf by Night, very enjoyable. Uh, I liked it very much. So, so that's all of my, just on Werewolf by Night, should be without like sort of it, it, it's a one shot, is it? They're not going to do another one, you think? That's it. Well, I mean, it was made to be a one. They, I think Marvel now are doing this because they've got coming up for Christmas the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, uh, like paying homage also to the Star Wars holiday special. So the Guardians holiday special is coming soon, and so they're obviously doing this. They, they've in the past, Marvel have done one shots which um, like 10 minute or even five minute little mini things. One of those led to the Agent Carter TV show happening and all sorts. Um, so this is like, it seems their new version of this. They'll do a one-off 50 minute, you know, thing. And then maybe, you know, in terms of Guardians, they won't because this is, you know, the third Guardians will be the end of this particular iteration of Guardians. But so they'll do more one, you know, these one-offs. But I do hope they come back to Werewolf by Night. Maybe not a show, but another one would be lovely at some point because it was, again, it was very appealing and fun. Yeah. Nice. Nice, man. Um, so, so there you go. I had one thing to add to the mix, Sheppy, which is, you know, ridiculous. There's <laughs> a footnote to all of that wonderful recommendationing. But probably the most recent memorable werewolf for me is Anton from What We Do in the Shadows, the movie, which is played by Rich Darby. <laughs> and how they, how they all engage with each other, how they meet to, like, you know, protect one another. And, of course, the werewolves, not swearwolves, is one of the best bags <laughs> in recent times, to be honest. So be very happy to. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. I'm, I'm a lovely shout out. Yes. There was a BBC show um, about a werewolf and I guess a vampire and a ghost living together from about 10 or 15 oh. years ago. I never saw it, but um, people like that were going to do a shout out as well. Uh, but yes, yeah. Uh, lovely. Yeah. Um, lots of joy for werewolves, I think. So that, those are all my little werewolf things I've been watching recently. 
Um, Teen Wolf, of course, I've mentioned. I'm gonna take this opportunity to mention a few things about American Werewolf in London that I forgot to mention uh, when we did that pod whilst we're here. Mainly, we did touch on this, but the, I mean, it is my favorite werewolf film. I think between that and Wolf, and what was the third werewolf film, Teen Wolf 2? Is that what you were saying? No, 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 man. Well, yeah, technically Teen Wolf 2, of course, has been seen. But of the 25 or whatever Rotten Tomatoes are compiled, I'd only see yeah. three, and that was it. So Team Wolf 2 didn't make the Rotten Tomatoes list. For me, I think Team Wolf would be number two after American Werewolf. I think so. Out of the three from that big list that you had seen, obviously American Werewolf and Wolf, what was the third one? Team Wolf was in it too. The first oh, really? One, That's the nice. first one, yeah. Oh, yeah. how interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, I love the fact that that was in there. That makes me very happy. Nice. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Well, the supporting characters in American Werewolf, I mean, it's all the little touches. Not only American Werewolf is it, you know, it is this perfect film, and also it follows the tragedy of the werewolf, ending with that bam, 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 like that last shot and all of that. Amazing, really sticking to the formula. Um, wonderful. But what makes it, you know, it's got layers and layers and layers, and the supporting characters, from like the two policemen uh, and also you know the doctor of course the, the pub folk of course benjamin that little wanker who always says no no uh he's amazing um alex um jenny agatha she's got a nurse friend who's like this really cheeky nurse who like she takes a sneak at david's junk uh, when he's like knocked out and she's you know, and has a look at his dick and says he's Jewish, it's like good exposition, perv. Um, so that's great. You got all of the victims, of course, like the rude businessman being right up there, and of course the cheerful couple, amazing um, in terms of that uh, film, and of course Frankel's and everything else. So that's that's worth a little mention. Big mm -hmm. fan. Oh, and also I forgot to mention before, in American Werewolf. There's like a, an orderly in the hospital, again, who's working with Alex, and he's played by the dude who's in Octopussy two years later. Um, again, they, you know, he's like an Indian chap. And in Octopussy, he's like one of VJ's friends who works for the government in India who Bond meets. And it's like, as a, you know, as a guest of the hotel, you're automatically a member. And he's really, and then Bond is really racist. And it says that awfully, inappropriate joke where he gives him a huge chunk of cash and says this should keep you in curry for a few years shouldn't it and the guy's like yes yes like, oh but anyway it's him so he he pops up in american werewolf so that's wonderful um no. i also want to mention the dream sequences uh, which we did again touch on before but those dream sequences in american werewolf are fantastic uh, and especially the horrific family murder where it's obviously the nazi jewish situation where they're sitting they're watching the muppets for god's sake the, you're in this lovely home and they're all happy and there's a knock at the door then the nazi werewolves burst in and they execute the whole family and it's you know and david is held you know by one of them with a knife to his throat you know, and, it, and he's made to watch his younger siblings being killed and his parents being shot just absolutely horrendous. Then he gets his neck slit, then he wakes up, and then 
the amazing, and I'm going to say, is it the first time ever this has ever happened? Maybe I'm totally wrong, but the double dream wake up where Alex pulls back the curtains and the Nazi werewolf jumps out in the hospital and kills her. Amazing. Uh, one of the best jumps in cinema history, right up there with Ben Gardner's eye socket, I'm saying. So really worth a shout out. I'm really glad you remembered that, Sheffy. That's great. Yeah, I agree, man. It's amazing. Wonderful. And I also wanted to mention, I can't get enough every time I find myself traveling through London and I'm in Tottenham Court Road tube station. I, I bloody love it. I can't help but run down the corridors looking behind me, tripping over escalators and things. Big fan. I mean, I'm, I mean no one likes me in Tottenham Court Road tube station because I'm always being like, out of the way. Um, wonderful. <laughs> So that makes me extremely happy as well. <laughs> That's lovely, Sheffy. Uh, there was one more thing um, which I didn't mention. I did talk about in the werewolf pod that my first experience with American werewolf was with a, an ill-advised double bill where with my brother, we watched Robocop and then we watched American Werewolf and I didn't make it because it was too scary for little, for little Sheffy. So I... Um, but it's worth mentioning that Landis is in Robocop. And I'm not sure if I had ever really connected that before in terms of that original double bill. Um, did you know this? No, I even referenced, in my pitch, I referenced the bit in Robocop just randomly. Um, it's in the one of the commercials and it's the car, but it's the commercial with the big dinosaur. It's back, boy, big is back. And there's the big Tyrannosaurus and it's, you see the crowd of people running and then there's a shot of one person and it's bloody Landis. He's like running away from this big dinosaur and then he's like running past the car and he's going, ah, ah, ah. So that's lovely. And it's obviously Vernhoven saying, ah, John Landis always casts his contemporaries in his films. So I'm gonna cast Landis and I'll definitely get to be in, I don't know, coming to America. That never happened. Oh, so poor old Vernhoven. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Those are all my werewolf things. And I tried to get through all of that as quickly as I could. But that basically sums up all I wanted to say in this particular instance. Very tasty, Jimmy. Well, Sheppy, my old pumpkin, that's a very happy Halloween gift, I think. I've got like five movies written down, so I'm happy. I can't wait to get cracking on them. Maybe even tonight for Halloween. Well, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I was going to do a. Yeah, I don't even know what I was going to do. I was going to do a howl, but it's probably not a good idea. So do a Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I can take it. In the mornings, in the murky, misty mornings recently here, I'm taking my dog out for walks when it's still dark in the, um, like seven. And there is a, a very nice, like in the big area outside my house, it's all like little forests and sort of weird grass and tall grassy places. And in the mornings, um, still kind of lit before dawn, there is a beautiful constant blanket of fog or mist really over the grass when I'm walking the dog and it is pure werewolf shit uh, and that makes me very happy as well so that's a little extra thing in terms of wolfy happiness recently in my life. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you're getting chills like that I'm not it's very hot here. Well yes <laughs> Well, maybe it's time for a real, I mean, is there an Australian werewolf film? I'm sure there must be. I'm sure there were probably loads, but that would be an outback, outback yeah. werewolf. Yeah, man, I like that. I like that. 
Well, there you go, Jimmy. <laughs> well, listen, Jimmy, how do we even bloody sign off a little bubble like this? What do we do? Blue prank or not. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Bom 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 b